Turn with me in the scriptures, please, to the book of 1 Timothy and the 6th chapter. 1 Timothy 6. Let's release our faith and believe to hear from him. You don't want to just hear from me. I don't want to just hear from me. We want to hear from him. Right? So let's release our faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we come together and agree as touching this, asking you for utterance and anointing, for the manifestation of your spirit, of your holy presence on our minds and our hearts and our lives. Give to us an opening of the eyes and ears and heart and mind that we may discern and perceive and understand and receive. And we purpose not to be hearers only, forgetful hearers, but to be doers and put it into practice. And we know when we do that, you will manifest your power and goodness in our life and we'll experience the reality of your life and love and we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. For some weeks now, we've been on a subject we're calling the good fight of faith. And our text is right here in 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Are you going to have to do any fighting in this life? Yeah, you are. Now, it's not a fist fight. What kind of fight is it? It's a faith fight. It's not a flesh fight. Fighting in the flesh means you don't know what's going on. Scripture says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. He's talking about evil entities, emissaries of the enemy. People are not your problem. They're not. If you're having difficulties and problems, it's the spirits they and or you are yielding to. But the flesh is not your problem. Even the meanest, lowest, sorriest rascal. You get them saved, filled with the spirit, mind renewed with the word of God, yielding to the spirit and the grace of God, be one of the greatest people you've ever been around. Could be your best buddy. Come on, can you see that? So it's not really them that's the problem. It's what's working behind them. What they are either ignorantly or knowingly yielding to. And before you get mad and pick up a big rock to stone them with, have you ever yielded to anything wrong? You know you have. So this is not a flesh fight. It's a spirit fight. It's not a fist fight, it's a faith fight. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Now back up, we're right here in verse 12, back up to the 10th verse please. He said the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. Have you ever heard that misquoted? Well, money is the root of all evil. Money is neither good nor bad. It depends on what you do with it. You can do evil stuff with it. You can do wonderful stuff with it. 
It's the love of it that's the problem. And you can, like we've already said, you can have that and not have any money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of bad things, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Now that's the phrase I wanted you to notice. What did they do? They erred or they got off. To err means to go astray. They got off. We use that terminology today. They got off. Got off of what? Got off of the, the path of light. They got off of the truth. They got away from faith. Got into deception. Got into lies. Got into unbelief. Doubt. They erred from the faith and what happened to them when they erred from the faith? They got pierced. Mm, can you see this? Pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Keep reading. But you, old man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And then that's when we see fight, the good fight of faith. Now go with me please to... Uh, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, at the end of Paul's earthly life, which is the briefest thing we will ever do, this life is the shortest thing we will ever do. We're here, the Bible says our breath, uh, excuse me, our life it is like a breath. It's like a mist. <laughs> like the dew in the morning. Now you see it. A little bit later you don't. That's our entire lifespan. To God, a thousand years is like a day. So what would our hundred years be? It'd be a few minutes to him. And so, very, very brief, and he reached the end of his, we're soon going to reach the end of ours. Soon. Are you ready? Yes. Need to be ready. Don't be scared. No. Don't, don't let the enemy have any control over you through the fear of death. Yes. If you fear death, the enemy has control in your life. Right. Don't let it be. Right. Somebody said out loud, I am not afraid, I am not afraid to die. To die. I'm not afraid to die. What happens when you die? If you're a believer, when you die, you quit breathing. And right along that same time, your spirit slips out of your body like a hand out of a glove. You come right out. And almost everybody reports looking down on their body. And sometimes not even recognizing it at first. And going, no. I didn't know I was that old. <laughs> I didn't know I and, and just immediately feeling an indifference like, okay, no problem. I'm glad to be out of there. And immediately, the Bible said to be absent from the body is to not exist anymore. No. It's to be present with the Lord. Death is not ceasing to exist Death is transition. It's called a departure. Shouldn't be any more concerned about dying than you are getting on a plane and leaving. At the airport they have arrivals. 
and departures. And that's happening all over planet earth. Arrivals are births. And departures are what we call deaths. But it's not the end of anything on that person. They just leave here. Leave here. And for the believer, you go to be with Jesus. Reuniting with all your saved kinfolks. Hallelujah. You're going to meet kinfolks you've never met. Your great, 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 great grandma. And she's wonderful. And you're going to meet Paul. And Elijah. And David. And Jesus. What's, what's there to be concerned about? Why would you draw up and go, ooh, I don't like talking about dying. Get free. <laughs> Say it again, I'm not afraid. To die. No, I'm not afraid to die. Sure, the Lord tarries is coming just a little bit longer. All of us are going to get out of here. And that is okay. Second Timothy 4 and 6. I'm ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He said, my flight is leaving just real, real quick here. But I'm ready. I'm ready. Verse 7. I have fought a good fight. How many believe Paul did fight a good fight? I have what? Finished my course. Some of the people say, well, you know, heaven does sound so wonderful. Maybe I can leave today. You want to finish your course. Life is short enough as it is. You, there's something you're supposed to be doing. Not just biding time. You need to get through with your job. Right? Before you get out of here. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. Everybody say that out loud. I have kept the faith. Come on, say it again. I have kept the faith. Say it again. I have kept the faith. So obviously, keeping the faith is connected to fighting the fight. It's a faith fight. You say it like this. If you lose your faith, you lose the fight. And so the fight's over your faith. Is something trying to get my faith? This hasn't been real enough to us. Why would you have to keep your faith? Because something's trying to take it away. And that's where the fight comes in. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I want you to grasp yourself like this and say it out loud. Nobody Nobody is taking my faith. faith. (laughs) Nobody's taking my faith. Nobody. Nothing's taking my faith. You remember... Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. He said the sower sows the word. And on the wayside ground, you remember what happened? He said immediately the fowl came to steal the word. And the Bible said they represent the devil. He comes to steal the word. Why? Well, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. He comes to steal the word and your faith. Why? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. There is nothing in this world you can't overcome with some faith in God. Nothing. Nothing. 
There's no disease. There's no debt. There's no devil. There's no problem. There's no destruction. There's no devastation. There's nothing you can't overcome with faith in God. He can fix anything. He can do anything. And all he needs is our faith to do it. The devil knows that. He can't go one to one, hand to hand with God. He's already been stripped and defeated. So when you trust God and you're one with him, believing with him, God has a free avenue to flow and work in your life. There's nothing, I mean nothing, the devil can do with you. Nothing. Because he comes face to face with God. (laughs) But if he can get you to come over onto his territory, doubt, unbelief, fear, worry, anxiety, bitterness, frustration, anger. Can you see all this? Then now he's got you on his turf. And if he can deceive you and steal the word and faith from you, he can destroy you. I said, if he can deceive you, he can destroy you. But don't you tell me again. Come on, help me out. Tell me again. Nobody is getting my faith. Nobody. Well, I'm going to tell you ahead of time that that sounds good and I'll accept your testimony, but you're going to have to fight, honey, to keep that from happening. You are. And, And not maybe you are going to have to fight. You are. I am, every one of us is going to have to make up our mind yes. and fight yes, to hold on to our faith because we have an enemy arrayed against us who is persistent in trying to take it away. Yes. Now, back up to the fourth chapter of First Timothy while you're close by there. First Timothy 4. First Timothy 4 and 1. It says the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, and we're latter than anybody's ever been, or later, that in the latter times some shall do what? What are they going to do? You can't depart from Branson unless you are in Branson. You'd have to be in Branson to depart from Branson. And you'd have to be in the faith to depart from the faith. But he said some, not everybody, but some will depart from the faith. Why did they depart from the faith? Read the rest of the verse. They gave heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Devils have doctrines? Yeah, and they're not all preached at the Satanist church. (laughs) Where can you hear these devil sermons? (laughs) Oh, man. Lord, help us to never have any devil sermons coming across the pulpits in Faith Life Church. Never. (laughs) Who I got? Everybody woke up on that one. So you, you, you get insight into the purposes of the enemy. Why did he come and give these teachings of devils? 
to cause them to depart from the faith, to turn loose of their faith, to leave. What did Paul say? I have kept the faith. So do you think the enemy ever tried to trick Paul and trip him up and get him off of the truth and, and get him to believe lies? But Paul said, I have fought a good fight and I've done it all the way, my whole race, my whole course. And here I am standing. Uh, my plane's going to be here in just in a minute. I'm ready to depart. And I can say, I got my faith. I got my faith. Nobody ever got it. Nobody stole it from me. I kept it. He didn't depart from the faith. He didn't leave the faith. There are few things more sad and pitiful than a believer that's lost their faith. And there's a lot of them. People that used to believe the truth, they used to be excited about it, they used to be happy about it. But because this or that didn't happen just the way they thought it would, or as quick as they thought it should, or somebody didn't treat them the way that they thought they should, they don't believe it anymore. They've cast it aside. They've cast it away. I know situations where people used to preach similar things that I preach. I'm talking about 25 years ago. And 10 years later into their ministry... They're out passing out flyers trying to tell people that's not true. And they hadn't been in the ministry. And you get to the place where they don't even serve God. Don't go to church. Don't do anything. Lost their faith. Pitiful. And people like that get suicidal. What's the point in living? What's the point in going on? People try to tell us, y'all are fools. Holding on to the crutch of religion. There's no God. There's no heaven. There's no hell. That's the devil preaching. That's one of those seducing spirits preaching a doctrine of devils. And I don't believe it. And I'm never going to believe it because it's a lie. And I'm holding on. I can't control everybody else. But I'm keeping my faith. Faith is precious. Oh, it's precious and it's pleasing to God. Without it, it's impossible to please Him. It's precious, precious. It's the very faith of God. It's faith like Jesus walked in. Hallelujah. And it's mine. And nobody's getting my faith. Nobody is getting my faith. Hallelujah. Now go with me, please, to uh, Ephesians. The 6th chapter and the 10th verse. All this flows together. Here he's talking about the spiritual conflict. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not just in yourself, but in the Lord. There's somebody in me that's bigger than me. Inside, I'm wall to wall. Holy Ghost. It said that Brother Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. (laughs) What's he talking about? He had a God inside mentality. Do we need a greater awareness that greater is he that's in us 
than he that's in the world. And that's specifically referring to the devil. The God of this world. Greater is he that's in me. And the one that's for me. Than the devil out here that's against me. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of his might. Keep reading. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Many have imagined what the devil is and what he does. And there is so much junk that people believe about the devil. It's just not true. It's just a bunch of distorted mess. All the stuff out of Hollywood. The horror movies. The possession stuff and and the devil stuff and the evil spirit and evil angel. That is so much junk. It's designed to put fear in people and confusion in people. When if you really knew the truth, you would have zero fear of the devil. None. He's been stripped to naught. He's not some kind of equal evil opposite to God. He's a created being who's fallen who was rebellious and deceptive and has been deceived and soon and very soon is going to be cast into the lake of fire with all his cohorts. I guess he keeps thinking maybe he can win some way but have you read the back of the book? There ain't no way. It's already been said. What he's doing is futility. But the thing we should be concerned about and on the watch is how tricky he is. Why do we need the armor of God? Read the verse again. Why? Put on the whole armor of God. That you might be able to stand. Against the awesome power of the devil. No. <laughs> no. Stand against what? Wiles mean. Strategies. Trickery. Deceptiveness. He is a master. No, the master con artist. He's been tricking human beings for millennia. He knows all the tricks. And if he can get you to listen to him and to reason with him and just entertain some ideas and some thoughts, he can fool you. He can trick you. What's he after? Get you to turn loose of your faith. Get you to take off your armor. Lay down your sword. Quit. And if he can deceive you, he can destroy you. You need to tell me again, he's not getting my faith. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Keep going, keep going. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People, it's not our problem. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places... These beings are real. They're real. And they are influencing, the Bible says, the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. 1 John, 2 Corinthians 4, says Satan is the God of this world. No, God's not in control of everything that's happening down here. No, all the evil and junk that's going on is not somehow the mysterious will of God. It's because men have a free choice and they're yielding to evil influences. And you'll find this, I'm kind of skipping ahead some, 
But the more someone yields to a wrong spirit, the more irrational their behavior becomes. It just doesn't make sense. It's unreasonable. And here's the thing. The devil can't make you do anything. He has to get you to yield to him. And the way he does that is through lies, through deception, which is why 2 Corinthians 10 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There are thoughts, my friend, that are absolutely deadly. That's what you ought to be concerned about. Not scared of the devil's power, but on the watch and alert because you know he's trying to trick you. You know he's trying to deceive you. He's trying to sell you on some kind of a lie. Which is why you ought to read your chapter every day. Is that right? Why you ought to put your nose in this book, which is the truth. And you ought to be in the services and the church and the meetings that you're supposed to be into. Because that is God feeding your spirit. And building you up. Is that right? And he's always ahead of what the enemy is trying to do. If we'll listen to him. I'm telling you. Just like this church right here. If you're supposed to be a part of this church. And you're here every time you're supposed to. Doing what you're supposed to do. Receiving what you're supposed to be receiving. You'll find out the enemy will try to hit you with something. And that happens to be the very thing God had us preaching on for the last six months. And you go, huh. I got your number. <laughs> ah, you ain't fooling me with that. Huh? Come on, are y'all listening? And you will be prepared, forewarned, forearmed. But if you lay out of church, never pray, never read your Bible, you're going to be easily duped. No matter how smart you think you are, you're going to be easily deceived. And if the devil can deceive you, he can destroy you. Amen. But you know you're here. <laughs> Don't get too serious on me now. We, we're victorious ones. Which is why we're talking about these things. Keep reading. Ephesians 6. Verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all. To stand, keep going, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now we've already gone into some detail, talking about the belt of truth, talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We talked about that last time. If you weren't here with us, go online, download it, go back in the back at the word supply, get you a CD won't cost you anything. And above all, this must be important. Right? (laughs) Above all, do what? Taking the shield of faith. Wherewith, with that shield of faith, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. What does this let you know? Somebody is shooting at you. (laughs) Is that right? Come on, look at your neighbor. Help him out. Tell him real serious. Say, somebody's shooting at you. (laughs) 
Somebody is shooting at you. Did you know it? If you go, I don't know it. Bunch of foolishness. I believe in no devil. Yeah, you're just the kind of person he likes. He just destroy you up one side, down the other. You don't even know what's going on. You just know everything's terrible and your life is a mess. And I don't know why. Because you're deceived. Don't know what's going on. Don't know who's doing it. Don't know what to do about it. But we're not ignorant. Much of the world is. But we. Oh God's helping us. He's enlightening us. He's showing us. We're not ignorant. Of the devil's devices. And he is. Firing. At us. And we need something. To protect us. From these fiery darts. Of the wicked one. And God gave us something. I said God has given us something. And it is the shield. Of faith. Oh somebody say the shield of faith. I have. A shield. Of faith. Do you now? The shield of faith. That's what we've been talking about. When Paul says I've kept the faith. He's saying nobody got my shield. And when you're saying nobody's getting my faith. You could say it like that. Nobody's getting my shield. Do you need your shield? You need your shield. Without your shield what's going to happen? You're going to get hit. You're going to get hit. With these fiery darts. What are fiery darts? Now don't get over engrossed in the symbology he's not talking about a literal physical shield he's not talking about a literal physical dart these are symbols that to show you how it works well what's a fiery dart man y'all are sharp y'all are that's why nobody's getting your faith Uh, (laughs) first of all I'm trying to move a little too fast here let's uh Let's talk about what the shield of faith is. This shield of faith, if you look up the words, it is a large, somebody say large. Large. It's like a door-shaped or oblong shape, but the size of a door (laughs) that covers the whole person. One writer from antiquity said, almost a portable wall. We're not talking about no little little round thing, you know, the size of a pizza. No. Uh-uh. No, like a pizza pan. This ain't no pizza pan shield. That'd require too much activity, wouldn't you? So. No, we're talking about ka-chunk. A big door size. Hallelujah. Almost a portable wall that covers the whole person. Something that you can get behind and they can't hit you because they can't see you. Because you're behind your shield. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. 
Another one said large, protecting every part of the soldier. Hallelujah. I already said it again, but I want to say it another time. Almost a portable wall that covers the whole person. And what soldiers would do is they got their shields, they got their stuff, and they're they're marching. Maybe they're advancing toward the enemy. And, of course, the enemy, they have long-range weapons and short-range weapons. Well, the sword and spear is relatively short-range, but arrows could be shot from a distance. And especially as technology developed, they developed some big bows and some strong bows that could shoot. And they learned how to arc them, you know, shoot them up high. Then they'd go down further. And when there's huge force arrayed against you and they call for the archers and thousands of them whipped out. And a lot of times they'd dip them in some pitch stuff and set them on fire. And so they'd call for them, and those thousands of guys or hundreds of guys, whoever it was, rear those big things back, burning, and they'd pull it back with all their might, and they'd say, release. And these thousands of burning missiles are headed your way. They said sometimes it'd be so many in a big war that, you know, it's like a cloud came. It's like it got darker for a little bit. Just the sky fill up with arrows. And they're burning. Come on, what do you need in a time like this? (laughs) Honey, you don't want to be standing out there in your bathing suit. Or your pajamas. I mean, you you don't want to be, you don't want no little pizza pan shield neither. But what they could do, they would, all the guys in the front, they would, they would yell, shields are shield up. Somebody say, shields up, shields up, shields up. And all those guys would, whoop, they'd slam those things into the ground. And the guys behind them would take theirs and go, whoop, on top. And man, they got a shelter. Can you see that? They got a wall in front. They got a wall on top. And the guys behind them would throw theirs up and throw theirs up and throw theirs up. And they're under there. You can't see anything. But you're covered. And, and you begin to hear these things. Boom, 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 boom. Hallelujah. But they didn't hit you. And they didn't get you. And they didn't pierce you. And they didn't burn you. And they didn't injure you. And they didn't kill you. And they didn't stop you. Probably when it quit raining burning arrows. They pulled the shoes back and went. Nah, 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 nah. (laughs) You missed you big dummy. How you like this shield huh? Huh? How about that? But spiritually speaking, that's the, that's the picture the Lord gave us to understand this. But spiritually, what would be a fiery dart? Go with me back to 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter. 2 Timothy 2, verse 17. He talked about individuals. We'll back up to verse 16. We'll read that too. Shun profane and vain babblings. Mm-hmm. 
for they will increase under more ungodliness. How many knows there's some things you should not listen to? There's some things you shouldn't listen to. Keep going. Their word will eat as does a canker. That's cancer. Are there words that are deadly? If you listen to them, you let them get in your head, you start thinking about them, will they eat inside you like a cancer? Of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus? He he calls names, doesn't he? These were guys who were alive in his time in the other town over there. He calls their name. He said, who concerning the truth have erred. They got off. Saying that the resurrection is past already. They got a revelation. And they got a new doctrine. And the revelation is, hey, the resurrection's already happened. Yeah. God came, picked everybody up. It's already happened. (laughs) No looking forward to the resurrection. The resurrection has already happened. It's past. This is a doctrine of devils. Come on, can you see this, friends? This is a doctrine of devils. And I'm sure they thought they had some scripture for it. Sure they did. I mean, it wasn't rightly divided word, but they took a phrase here and a phrase there, and they twisted it around and seemed to people who don't know the word, don't know God, it seemed to make sense to them. And what was the result? And they overthrow the what? The faith of some. They got some people to lay their faith down Concerning the Lord and his word and the resurrection. And when they laid it down, now what can happen? Those fiery arrows of these lies and deception pierced them and got in them and deceived them. And if the enemy can deceive you, he can destroy you. Think about what your life would be like. What about us? If we said, sorry, the resurrection has already happened. What? Yep. We didn't make it. We got left. And I don't really know what's up next, but we missed the big one. We missed the boat, and there's not another one coming. How would people start acting and thinking and living? Hey, missed it anyway. What difference does it make what I do? And then you start doing stupid stuff. Is that going to affect your life? Your life's going to be destroyed. Why? Because you lost your faith. Why did you lose your faith? Because you believed lies. He called these preachers name. No, he didn't call them brother either. (laughs) But this was a fiery dart or multiple fiery darts that the enemy was shooting at the people there. These lies that the resurrection has already ha- already passed, already happened. Didn't fool everybody, but it fooled some of them. Now go with me, please, to the book of, uh, well, go to Galatians first. Then I think we're going to go to Acts. 
There's some things you should not listen to. Even to part of it. We need to pay more attention to our spirits. What did curiosity do to the cat? (laughs) It didn't bless him. It didn't help him. There's some things you are better off not knowing. Not hearing. And the reason why people don't believe that. They think they're smarter than they are. And they think the devil's dumber than he is. There are many people. Maybe they don't just come out and say it. But they think. They can listen to the devil's lies. And still be okay. I'm nobody's fool. I'm not going to fall. For any goofy junk like that. But I'm just going to. I'm going to see what they're saying. Christians. Get books on witchcraft. And sorcery and spiritism and seances and all these kind of things. Well, I, I don't believe in all that, but I just, you know, I'm, I like to be well read. And, you know, see, see, our universities teach this, that we need to be open to other opinions. And appreciate other people's beliefs. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know what happened to our first parents, Adam and Eve? They were open to some new ideas. Come on, is that right? They were open to some new ideas. The devil comes and says, What did God say? He said, Don't eat of that tree. In the day you do, you'll die. What did he say? He said, no. No, you're not going to die. Die, die. <laughs> Come on, what just happened? What just happened? They are being shot at. Can you get this, friends? They're being shot at. The enemy just shot a fiery dart at them. What is that dart supposed to come in contact with? A wall, a shield wall of faith, right? Yes, yes. How would you know your shield wall is up when the devil says, well, let's talk about this. You know, don't be too extreme on this God said, you know. People will think you're a religious nut. Only the Bible. You know, there are billions of people that believe other things. You're just going to discount all their beliefs and throw them away? (laughs) You got that right. I cannot allow myself to consider anything that contradicts the truth of God's Word. Nothing. Well, you just narrow-minded and saved. (laughs) And safe. There's a broad way that embraces everybody's belief and opinion and and it leads to destruction. They're pouring off into eternity without God. 
see, there's pride behind that. Well, I'm more intelligent than you poor simpletons. All you know is Jesus, 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 Jesus. (laughs) You got that right. You got that right. He's it. He's everything. He's everything. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's everything in the middle. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's the only, only Savior. Only one. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him, by Him. You can't get to the Father any other way. There is no other God. There is no other Savior. And if I am open to entertaining anything else, I'm in trouble. I've laid my faith down and would allow these darts and lies to pierce me, get in my head. And don't think you couldn't be tricked. You might, where you're sitting right now, you might think, there's no way, there's no way. You underestimate what he can do. If you start to listen, how many understand Eve and Adam are not cavemen? They're not sitting in each other in the dirt going, ugh, ugh, ugh. God comes down in the cool of the day and talks to them on his level, and they understand. And Adam says, God, how did you do that sunset? And he explained it to them, and they understood it. They, he made them in the likeness and image of himself. They commune with God. They're brilliant. I said, they're brilliant. They're amazing. And yet, the enemy comes. Is that right? And says, let me just talk to you a little bit here, Naive. He knew they didn't know what death even was. And he says, no. Then he questions God's character. He is an accuser. No, I'm paraphrasing a little bit now, but he said, see, the deal is, you won't really die. Die. God knows if you get this, you'll be like him. And you'll know good and evil, and that's just going to be too close to you being like him for him. He wants to keep you down here, you know, in the dark, so he can be the big, big, you know, God. What is their mistake? Shouldn't be listening to any of this. Come on, are y'all with me? You should not be listening to any of this, because it's dangerous. Don't you think it can infect you? And the devil spoke through the serpent and he speaks through people. Even today. Even Christians, if they'll yield to him. Do you remember one time Jesus had to spin around and and tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. Well, is Peter Satan? No, but he's yielding to him right now. He's letting the enemy talk through him. And there are times people They mean well, maybe they're good people, you love them, but they're yielding to wrong thoughts themselves. And they come and want to spew venom and bitterness in your ear. And judgment, and this and that, and accusations. And you need to hold up your hand, and you need to say, stop. I'm not listening to this. 
No. No, no, I'm not. Change the subject or leave or I'm leaving. You got to realize how deadly these things are. Did Adam and Eve realize how deadly this was to be standing out here listening to him? They, obviously they didn't until it was too late. Eve was deceived. She didn't realize she's being played. She's being conned by a being who we don't know how old he is. But he's seen all kind of stuff. We don't need to be afraid of him personally. We don't need to be afraid of his power. He's stripped. He's defeated. We don't need to be afraid of any demon, any evil spirit. What we do need to watch out for is their lies. Their lies. He said in Galatians 1 and 8, Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, I say it again. If any man preach any other gospel to you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Paul has locked himself down. He can't even come back. (laughs) Is that right? And preach anything different than what he's preached. Is he saying, don't you listen to it. Don't you entertain it. Not for a moment. Don't listen. Go with me to 2 Timothy 3. Tell me about your faith. Tell me about your faith. Nobody is getting my faith. What would keep you safe? Don't listen to anything that contradicts what God told you. Not for information's sake. Not just for intellectual discussion. You ever heard the phrase, playing the devil's advocate? You don't want to play the devil's anything. No, honey. Leave it alone. Throw it away. Turn it off. Block the channel. Gather it up. Take it out. Burn it. Don't give it to somebody else. You don't want that junk in your house. What junk? Anything that contradicts anything God said. Anything in the Word. Casting down imaginations, images, pictures, and take into the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Don't play with it. Say it out loud. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. (laughs) You know, the writer of the Proverbs warned his sons about the prostitute. Didn't he? Yes. And one of the key phrases, he said, don't go near the door of her house. What does that mean? Why? Let, let's say you're trying to lose a few pounds. I didn't say you were. I said, if you were. And you like cookies. You really like cookies. It's easier to pass by the grocery store than it is the cookie aisle. Huh? (laughs) It's easier to pass by the cookie aisle than it is your cabinet. (laughs) If the cookie's in your cabinet, then you've decided them's my cookies. Right? (laughs) You got to pass by that cabinet all the time. You'd have been smarter passing by the grocery store. Then you don't have to pass by the cabinet. 
But if you think you're so smart and you're so tough, oh, I can handle it. You put them cookies on the bedstead, bed stand, side table, whatever. You put them cookies, you overestimate yourself. If you're as strong as you thought you were, you wouldn't be playing with it. You wouldn't be playing with it. Thinking I can handle it. What do you do? Oh, I'm not going to eat it. I'm just going to read the label. I'm going to read the label. You're already sliding. You, you're sliding big time. You're in trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat it. I'm just going to smell of it. I'm just going to see how they smell now. I'm not going to eat it. Don't you think Adam and Eve, that day when they went out to look at that tree, do you think they said, we're going to go out there and sin against God and ruin everything today? No. No. We're just going to look. We're just going to look. I know one day I was out to, uh, years ago at a car lot, and I was looking at a car, and a salesman came out and he said, can I help you? I said, no, nah, I'm just looking. He said, that's how it starts. <laughs> that's how it starts. <laughs> just looking. <laughs> but when it comes to anything that contradicts God, how many understand? The music needs to stop. You, I mean, you need to put your fingers in your ears, say, shut up. No, no more. I don't want to hear any more of this. Because if you don't do that, you are overestimating your ability and you're underestimating your enemy, which is going to get you in serious trouble. Say it out loud again, don't play with it. Don't play with it. When these guys started preaching, saying, the resurrection's past. It's over. If you were in that group, if you were in that meeting, what should have happened? It's time for you to get up and leave. You can sit there and and say, did I understand him right? (laughs) He's, he's contradicting the Bible. I got to go. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's time to leave. Yeah, right. Don't care who it is. They've gotten off. Amen. They're in error. In uh, 2 Timothy 3, 7 and 8, you see who is deceived. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 7 and 8, people ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, as Jannes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. This is how you know somebody is off and deceived, because they resist the truth. Anybody resisting the truth, resisting the word, you know they're deceived. You know they're off. Go to Acts 13. Acts 13 and 8 gives us an example of this. Acts 13 and 8, Paul and his company have gone to a place and have preached the word. And the head man of the place wanted to hear it and they came and preached to him. But this other guy, verse 8, Elamus the sorcerer. For so is his name by interpretation. He did what? Is this spiritual conflict going on? Spiritual warfare. Withstood. Is he opposing the gospel? Is he resisting the truth? Then he's deceived. Elamus 
is deceived. He's actually in captivity to the enemy. Wrong spirits are manipulating and controlling him, and he doesn't even realize it. Seeking to turn away the deputy from what? What's he trying to do? Keep him from believing. Because when somebody believes and they get born again and they get all this armor and weaponry and they throw their big shield up, the devil can't do anything with them anymore. So he's got to try to do something before this deputy gets in faith. He's resisting him. He's withstanding him. Verse 9. But he don't know who he's dealing with. Saul, who's called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, who is the greater one than the one that's in the world. He set his eyes on him. (laughs) Paul said, I'm looking at you. (laughs) And verse 10, he said, oh, full of subtlety and all mischief, you child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Here we have a perfect description of our enemy, his nature and how he works. Here is a man yielding to him and has taken on his characteristics and become a child of his. Is that right? Listen to other translations. The Amplified says, you master in every form of deception and recklessness. Is that the devil? Unscrupulousness and wickedness. You son of the devil, you enemy of everything that is upright and good. NIV says, you're a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that's right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. The new century says, you son of the devil, you're an enemy of everything that's right. You're full of evil tricks and lies, always trying to change the Lord's truths into lies. That's what we need to be concerned about. That's what we need to be on the alert for. And keep reading. Down in verse 11, King James Now behold, the hand of the Lord is going to be on you. You'll be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And the deputy, when he saw it, what was done, what happened? What happened? What happened? Too late! Huh? He believed. He put his helmet on. He put his breastplate on. He put his belt on. He put his shield up. Shields up. Shields up. Is he believing what this guy is preaching anymore? No, he's fumbling around, can't find the door. He's forgetting about his devil doctrines. Was he trying to preach doctrines of devils? Were there seducing spirits that were trying to trick this man, get him away from the gospel, get him away from believing? But the greater one prevailed. I said, the greater one prevailed. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Turn with me to 1 John, please. 1 John 4. I like what the Bible said about Abraham. He is a father of faith. 
he is a preeminent example of faith. And when God told him that he and Sarah are going to have a son, and his seed would be like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore, he grabbed hold of that word. He trusted that word. And no matter how many years passed, and no matter what came up to try to get him to doubt, and the Bible said, he staggered not. That word means waver. He, he didn't even waver on it. You come to him day after day. Now come on, Abe. It's already been 20 years here. It's already been this. It's already been that. You've got to be kidding me. You don't really believe. He said, hush. It's happening. Hide and watch. He staggered not. Somebody say, staggered not. Now in today's terminology, I'm talking about in the message today, what does that mean? Shields up. What's he saying? I'm not listening to that. You can't get through my shield of faith to pierce my mind and my heart with your lies. You've run into something here you're not going to be able to get through. You will never be able to convince me that this Bible is not true. You'll never be able to convince me that Jesus is not Lord. You'll never be able to convince me that what he bought and paid for belongs to me. And he wants me to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. He gives me richly all things to enjoy. He's my victory. He's my peace. He's my healer, my provider, my protector. You won't get me to to throw that away. I'm holding on to my faith. Shields up. Shields up. No matter how many fiery arrows fly at you, as long as you stay behind your shield, you're good. Day to day, week to week, year to year. 1 John 4.1. What does it say? Beloved, believe not every spirit. There's some lying spirits. There's some seducing spirits. Even some people yielding to them that shouldn't be, that should know better. But do what? Try the spirits, whether they're of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. How are you going to try them? How are you going to test them? The Bible says the light makes everything manifest. His word is light. His word is truth. You examine everything in the light of his word is truth. And if it contradicts that, then you say that's a wrong spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit is not going to contradict Jesus. Right? It's not going to contradict the written word of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to say anything derogatory about Jesus. He's the spirit of Christ. So we test them. We don't believe every spirit. Did you know the spirit, it is a real spirit. It is really spiritual. It is real. But it ain't God. I don't care if a heavenly choir of angels comes through the ceiling into your bedroom tonight. And sings to you in amazing harmonies you've never heard with a light show you've never seen. If it contradicts one half of one verse. Come on, are you listening to me? In the written word of God, what do you do? Come on, what do you do? Shields up. Shields up. I got a bunch of lying devils trying to fool me. Shields up. Get out of here. Get out of here. 
But see, you got people that don't care. They go, oh, but it was so pretty. It was so pretty, and I just felt so amazing. It, well, you can't tell me it's not real. It's my revelation. I didn't say it wasn't real. I said it ain't God. It can't be God if it contradicts any of this word. Can't be. Shields up. <laughs> Back up to 1 John 3. I think I'm closing now. 1 John 3. I want you to see, and this begins to introduce us into what comes next. We haven't covered all the armor, all the weaponry. We've been talking about defensive, protective weaponry. Belt, breastplate, helmet, shield, shoes, shod. There's another one. There's another one. It's the sword of the spirit. And it's mojo powerful. It's something. It's it's not some little (laughs) pocket knife. And uh, what we're reading here in 1 John 3, we need the sword of the spirit to accomplish. There's no need talking about the sword of the spirit. And you laying at the house crying with arrows stuck on all sides, looking like a pincushion, right? Because you ain't, you ain't going to wield no sword. You can't get out of the house. <laughs> but if you've learned how to cast down every imagination and resist every lie and every temptation and keep yourself, keep your head covered with salvation... Keep your loins girt with truth. Keep your, your front and your back covered with the revelation of the truth of your righteousness in Him. Yeah. Your feet covered with the gospel and the preparation. And that mighty, almost a portable wall, shield. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> then you are ready to not just stay on the defensive Oh, somebody, are you getting stirred at least a little bit? Not just sit at the house and say, I didn't get stuck with arrows. No, you're ready to do something else. You're ready to advance. Advance. Hallelujah. And go into the enemy's camp. Come on, are you listening? And rescue people. Get them out of there. Not just you be safe, but get them out of that stupefaction, that believing lies, that deceptive, deluded state. How many believe there can be and there are and by the grace of God will be millions that will come to the Lord? Huh? In these days. And that's what the will of the Lord is. He said when he stood up in front of Pilate and testified, he said, for this reason, I came to bear witness to the truth. Why? Because the truth is the most destructive thing to the enemy that there's ever been. I mean, when your main weapon is lies and the truth rolls up on you, (laughs) you're in trouble. And notice in 1 John 3 and 8, I'm reading Amplified. 
He who commits sin, practices evil doing, is of the devil, takes his character from the evil one. The more you yield to the wrong spirit, that's the more you take on those characteristics. And I'll just pause. People talk about folks being born that way. They were born a criminal. They were born with this deviant nature. They were born, no, no, no. They were not born that way. People willingly sometimes are ignorant of the influences of spirits. Especially in households that are bad. These spirits start influencing these children days old. Yes, sir. And in some places today, people are teaching children to yield to wrong spirits. And so the more they do, they become that. Yeah, they become that. Yeah, that's the way they are. It's not the way they're supposed to be. And there is deliverance. Yes. And there is freedom. Yes, sir. Uh, ain't anybody in the world, if there are all kinds of problems in their life, they are the way they have become, not the way they have to be. Amen. And thank God, there is transforming truth. Somebody say transforming truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. God didn't make anybody a liar. He didn't make anybody a thief. He didn't make anybody a murderer. He didn't make it, right? Adulterer, whatever the case might be. No, you can't blame that on God. I was made this way. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. But when you're born again, if you'll follow him, you're recreated. Recreated. All things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new in the likeness and image of him. Who gave himself for us. And the world is messed up. Darkness prevails over most of the planet. And so perversions and distortions abound. So much so that many people have no idea what normal is. They didn't grow up with it. Their parents didn't grow up with it. And so... Show some compassion towards them. Don't just get mad and pound your fist. A lot of times they really don't know what right is. They don't know what normal is supposed to be. They didn't grow up around it. Their parents didn't grow up around it. And so the world is a distorted, convoluted, deceived mess. Perversions, distortions abound. But the reason the Son of God was manifested... Anybody reading with me? Why did he come? Why did he come? Not just teach a few good moral lessons and say, y'all be pretty now and I'll be back after a while. No. The reason the Son of God was manifested was to undo what the devil has done. Oh, somebody say undo, undo what the devil has done. Oh, this is the part where you're supposed to get excited. Undo, destroy, loosen, dissolve the works the devil has done. How are you going to do that? Well, first of all, you're not going to let him do to you what he's doing to them. You're going to keep your armor on. Come on, you're going to stay in the truth and you're going to stay free. But you're not going to just be satisfied with that. You're going to advance and take that truth to other people. And if they believe it and receive it, it will absolutely undo 
All of the junk that the devil has done in their lives. And that's the reason Jesus came. So that all the devil's works could be undone. Undone. All through the state, the city, the county, the world. Hallelujah. Which is why you have come to this place for such a time as this. Which is why you have been issued God armor. I said you have been issued. Is it true? Endure hardness, he said, as a good soldier. You're not a civilian. I said you're not a civilian. You're on mission. You are equipped and enabled and empowered to do what? Not to dress up in a costume and climb on a tower and scream mindlessly at a devil you don't even understand. It's to really do something that matters. Take the truth to him. You want to put the hurt on the evil one? Pour the truth on him. Pour the truth. Take the truth and send it. And preach it. And proclaim it. And testify it. And live it. And you'll be a light that burns through the darkness. You'll be a light that shows up the darkness. And not everybody will receive it. Some people want to stay in the dark. But there will be a lot that do. They'll go, say, what? That's not true. What they told me all these years. What I believe. What the media told me. What Hollywood told me. What the university told me. You say, mm-mm. Doctrines of devils. What's the truth? How many remember the first time you heard some truth? Did it make you so happy? You yes. thought you were going to blast off yes. like a rocket ship? Yes, yes, yes. Huh? Yes, sir. There are millions out there yes. never heard it before. Never heard it before. And if they can hear it, it will absolutely make them free. Amen. Like it made you free. Like it made me free. And we're not as free as we're going to be. We're getting more truth by the day. More free all the time. Stand on your feet, everybody. I'm keeping my faith. Nobody's getting my shield. Hallelujah. I'm keeping my faith. Come on, say it out loud. Just hold up your hands. Say, I'm keeping my faith. I'm keeping my shield up. Oh, hallelujah. Just praise him some. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Lift up thanks to him. Lord, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.